Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Luke, chapter 12. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. If he ain't willing to put a ring on it, no. Because you are a Christian godly woman. And it's like, look, you just, you know, you got to hold it down for Jesus and you got to wait for Jesus. God, had, look, you're special to God. Remember, we just read it, that, that, that God will provide for sparrows, the smallest of cre- his creations. God will provide a man for you, but here's the problem, or a woman for you. But here's the problem. If God were to bring them to you today, you're not ready for them. Things that make you go, hmm. If God were to bring it today, you wouldn't be ready for it. Why? Because spiritually, you got to get yourself ready. You got work to do on you. You don't need to be worrying about if God bring you a man or if he doesn't. Let me tell you something. You need to fall in love with the man Jesus first. You need to fall in love with Jesus first. And when you fall in love with Jesus, let me tell you something. If God wants you to have a man or a woman, he knows how to make one from dirt. It wouldn't be his first time. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It wouldn't be his first time. He can do it again. But you got to be waiting on him. And you got to hold down that Christian witness. I'm going to tell you something. Let me tell you something. Ladies, let me tell you something from a guy's standpoint. Okay. I ain't going to tell y'all. No. <laughs> Look, guys want a girl who's, who's a godly woman anyway. It's a bunch of other. A man who is ready to settle down is looking for a woman, number one, who loves Jesus. I told my wife, sweetheart, you can love another man. It ain't no problem as long as his name is Jesus. And I told her, I said, look, not Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. If his name is Jesus, we're going to have. We ain't having none of that. But his name must be Jesus. His name must be a name above every other name. Somebody clap your hands like, I ain't having no drama. That's right. You got to hold down. Listen, if you're a Christian businessman or a Christian businesswoman, people are expecting you to be honest in your business. I'm going to tell y'all something. Let me see. Okay, I got a second. I'm the, okay, so I'm like a super, super huge Judge Mathis fan, all right? So don't tell nobody I told you that, all right? But I like Judge Mathis like off the chain. So I, I really like Judge Mathis. So, and I'm like watching Judge Mathis, you know, whenever I'm, 
whatever, free on my day off or whatever. And, um, and uh, he comes on twice a day at nine and four. And uh, <laughs> I don't even know how I know that. And uh, so, and then you get people on there, oh, they want to talk about the church. Two Christians. Sometimes it's like two Christians from the same church. And they having problems and he sold a car and all this kind of stuff. That stuff should not be. If you're a Christian person, you should operate your business as a Christian. And for God's sakes, please don't bounce a check at the bank if you're in Christian business. Some Christian, I've heard of this, where Christian businesses have bounced the check. And they got the Jesus fish on the check and the cross on the check and verses all over the check. And they try to put the bank, try to put it through and it bounce. That ain't a good witness for Christ. I'm sorry. If you don't have the money, don't write a check. We're expected to be a good witness. Polycarp was an awesome awesome witness and a Christian for, 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 the, for the Lord. I want to skip verse 10 because I have some comments about verse 10, but I want to deal with verse 11 and 12 really quickly. Go ahead and look at it. When they bring you to the synagogues and the magistrates and the authorities, don't worry about how or what you should answer or what you should say. For the Holy Spirit is going to teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. Jesus is saying, because you refuse to be a hypocrite, wherever that leads and whatever happens, the Holy Spirit is going to give you what you need in that moment. And so there's no need to fear. Now listen, there's few of us that need to trust God because we have been hauled off before the magistrates and the authorities for for Jesus' sake. But in the book of Acts, listen, the disciples, this was a regular experience for them and the apostles. But Jesus says, don't worry how or what you should answer. It's not about your eloquence. God will speak through you. Notice in verse 10, let's get to it. In verse 10, anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man, it will be forgiven him. Now, if you're taking notes, you write this down. The phrase Son of Man speaks to the humanity of Jesus. This is talking about Jesus. It speaks to the humanity of Jesus. The Son of God speaks to the deity of Jesus, that he was God in the flesh. So if you speak a word against Jesus, you will be forgiven. Now, many in this room have said something about negative, a word against Jesus, including myself, and they were forgiven. I think of the thief on the cross. He spoke a word against Jesus. He was mocking like everybody else at one point. And then finally, when he realized that Jesus was who he said he was and he was the son of God, then he said, because he spoke a word against the son of man. Are y'all, y'all with me? Y'all with me? Okay. And then and when he realized that Jesus was who he said he was, he said, Father, he said, he said to Jesus, he said, Jesus, remember me when you get into paradise. So many of us, have spoken a word against Jesus. Even people, I think of this, even people at the cross were mocking Jesus and speaking a word against him. And it was Jesus who said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. So speaking a word against Jesus, yes, you can be, be forgiven. I've spoken a word against Jesus, and I've been forgiven. Some of y'all have spoken a word against Jesus, and you have been forgiven. 
But the Bible says, but the one who speaks blasphemies against the Holy Spirit or speaks against the Holy Spirit, it will not be forgiven. Now, if you're taking notes, you write this down in Matthew chapter 12, verse 31. It tells us every sin will be forgiven except the sin of blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. Now, listen, listen to me close. Our God, and perhaps you will agree, our God is a God of forgiveness. Are you glad about it? Our God is a God of forgiveness. I am. And in Exodus chapter 34, verse 6 and 7, it says, the Lord, love this verse, love this verse, the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. Our God is a God of forgiveness. And through his grace and through his mercy, Jesus forgives every and all types of sin. Do you understand that heaven is filled with forgiven murderers? Heaven is filled with forgiven adulterers. Heaven is filled with forgiven prostitutes. Heaven is filled with forgiven dancers and perverts of every kind. Heaven is filled with one-time Christ rejectors. But the only sin that will not be forgiven is the sin of blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. Now listen to me close. Now is the time for you to tune in. Listen. When God says something will never be forgiven, that means millions of ages from now, his verdict will stand like granite and it will never be changed. So what Jesus is saying here is pretty serious and it's pretty important and it is desperate that we know what it is. What is the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit? Well, first of all, let me tell you what it's not. The blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is not, as we already said, speaking a word against Christ. The blasphemy, are you listening? The blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is not using profanity or the GD word. I heard somebody say one time, they said a GD word. Oh, I blaspheme the Holy Spirit. Oh, I blaspheme the Holy Spirit. That's not blaspheming the Holy Spirit. Now, don't misunderstand me. I'm not encouraging you to go out and use profanity in the GD word but that's not blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. The blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is not those who smoke or chew or go with girls who do. Amen. That's not the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. People, understand something here, people. People do not, now here, get your theology right. Get your theology right. People do not go to hell because they sin. Listen to me. People do not go to hell because they sin. It doesn't matter what sin you have committed, people don't go to hell because of it. As a matter of fact, every sin that man has ever committed, Jesus, we talked about it last week, did we not? Jesus already carried it 2,000 years ago on the cross, and God has forgiven you. People do not go to hell because they sin. People go to hell because they blaspheme the Holy Spirit. So we talk about what it isn't. Let me tell you what it is. The blasphemy of the Holy Spirit in the Bible is the unpardonable sin. It is also called the unforgivable sin. 
The blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is the repeated refusal after examining all the evidence you are determined and defiant not to receive Christ as Savior. The blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is time and time again, you refuse to respond to the conviction of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is convicting you and calling you and compelling you and saying Jesus loves you and Jesus died for you. And you say, I don't care. I'm not interested. Talk to the hand. I'm not listening. The refusal of receiving Christ as your Lord and Savior. Listen, if you take your last breath here on earth, when you stand before God and you have repeatedly said no to the Holy Spirit and you repeatedly rejected the work of God in your life, it is that sin that God will not forgive. Again, people do not go to hell because they sin. People go to hell because they have rejected Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Do you understand? I'm going to wait. Clap your hands if you understand. That's why people go to hell. And people have come to me from time to time, and they say, Pastor Rodney, man, Pastor Rodney, I I, I think I committed the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. And I'm like, no, you haven't. And they say, yes, I have. I go, no, you haven't. Yes, I have. Pastor, I have. No, you haven't. Yes, I have, Pastor. I know I have. No, you haven't. How do you know I haven't? Because, listen, if you committed the sin of the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, you wouldn't care. If you commit the sin of the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, you wouldn't care. You wouldn't be coming to me saying, oh, I've committed the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. You wouldn't care. You wouldn't care. God, God, God wouldn't, wouldn't be able to touch your heart. You see, you, there is a danger, and I told you this before, that there is a danger, number one, in coming to church. There's a danger in coming to church. You know why? Because when you come to church and you hear the word of God, that's the more you know. Are you listening or you're drifting? That's the more you know. The Bible says he's going, God's going to hold you accountable for that which you know. So the more you know about the Bible, the more God is going to hold you accountable to. So when you stand before him, you will stand without excuse. That's why coming to church is dangerous. You know, people will say, well, I came to church all my life. I've been going to church. My grandpappy was a preacher. My grandmama was a preacher. My peppy, peppy was a preacher. My peppy, 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 peppy was a preacher. I've been going to church all my life. I even got baptized. Really? Do you know Jesus? Yeah, I got baptized. Well, yeah, boy, you're a Christian. Yeah, I got baptized. Listen, getting baptized doesn't make you a Christian. No more than you standing in the garage makes you a car. (laughs) Let the church say hallelujah. That's right. You need to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And when you feel, listen to me, I'm coming in for a landing. When you feel the Holy Spirit touching your heart, and calling you to give your life to Jesus, or even calling you to repent and to recommit your life to Christ, you ought to do it. Because I'll tell you something, your heart can become so hard against God to the point where you're not even able to give your life to Christ. God has been calling, you keep saying, no, 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 not now, not now, no, 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 I got things, things to do, place to go, people to see, I'm too young, Christians for old people, you know what I mean? Being a Christian for old folk, I ain't got time for that. Listen, your heart can become so hard that God cannot even speak to you. 
and, 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 and you won't receive Christ as your Lord and Savior. And then someday when you stand before him and God says, God's not going to say what sin you committed. God's not going to say, why were you a dancer? God's not going to say, why did you do this sin and why did you do that sin? God is going to ask you, what did you do with my son Jesus? That's all God cares about. Sin is sin. We got to stop categorizing sin. Oh, well, well, you're an alcoholic. Well, well, you're, you know, we, alcoholism is, a, oh, that's the worst. You know what I mean? You're a prostitute. Oh, you're the worst. But, but you go to church every Sunday and you're a gossiper, but somehow you think that you're better than the prostitute. Again, nobody here. No one here. I'm not talking to anybody here. No, 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 no. I wouldn't do it. But you gossip, 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 but somehow you think you're better than this person. Sin is sin to God. God does not have the scale of sin. You do. He doesn't. And God's going to say to you, what did you do with my son Jesus? The Bible says if you reject Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, there is no forgiveness in this world or the world to come. In other words, those here on earth won't be able to pray you into heaven. Listen, there is no purgatory. I grew up Catholic. Y'all know. And we were told that there was a purgatory. And purgatory is the place between hell and heaven. And if you die and you don't know Jesus, then you go to purgatory. And somebody can pray you out of purgatory. This is what I was taught. Listen, when you die, there ain't no layovers. Did you hear me? There ain't no change of planes. There ain't no layovers. (laughs) There ain't no layovers. When you die, it's from here to the presence of the Lord. That's why now is the time to make your choice. Now is the time to determine where you'll spend eternity. Now is the time to give your life to Christ because your heart is at a place where God can speak to you. And the Bible says today is the day of salvation. And if you die without Jesus, that's the unpardonable sin. And if you do that, then you are doomed to eternity, separated from God in hell. Listen as I read this as I close. It's called a voice from eternity. You lived next door to me for years. You shared our dreams. We shared our dreams, our joys, our tears. A friend to me you were indeed, a friend who helped me when in need. My faith in you was strong and sure. We had such trust that should endure. No spats between us ever rose. Our friends were alike, also our foes. What sadness then, my friend, to find, after all, you weren't so kind. The day my life on earth did end, I found you weren't a faithful friend. For those, for all those years we spent on earth, you never talked of the second birth. You never spoke of my lost soul and of the Christ who could make me whole. I pled today from hell's cruel fire, and tell you now my last desire. You can't do a thing for me, nor would words today my bonds be free. But do not err, my friend, again. Do all you can for the souls of men. Plead with them now, quite earnestly, lest they be cast into hell with me. You have a friend? Co-workers, friends, family, you've never told about Jesus? Listen, you are not being their friend 
if you have not told them about Jesus. You are not being their friend because you don't know when they take, and listen, I'm serious, listen. You don't know when they take their last breath on this earth, you don't know when that will be. Here's a guy I recently found out yesterday. He used to be my barber. Believe it, I used to have hair and he was, he was my barber. And many years ago now. And I found out yesterday that he passed away at the age of 39. Yesterday. His mom walked into the room, touched, touched him on to wake him up, touched him, grabbed his foot, cold as ice, dead, gone, 39 years old. He died of an aneurysm. And the first thing that comes to your mind when somebody dies is what you could have done, what you could have said, you could have been there more. It's always what if, what if, what if, what if. Even the Mary and Martha, Jesus showed up after their brother died. They said, Jesus, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. There's always a lot of questions when somebody dies. And there was a lot of questions. There would be a lot of questions in your life when somebody dies. You don't know when a person's going to take their last breath. And would you not feel terrible if you never told them about Jesus and they died and they, didn't, they did not know about Jesus? You would feel terrible about that. You don't know. You don't know your life. I mean, nobody knows the breadth of life, the span of life. Nobody knows. God knows. You could leave here today. This could be, we don't expect it, but think about it. This could be your last day on earth. You don't know it. Tomorrow could be your last day on earth. Next week could be your last week on earth. You don't know. That's why it's important for you to be ready now. That's why when the Bible says today is a day of salvation, when you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. It doesn't say next week or next month or next year. It says today is a day of salvation. If you hear God's voice, and hearing God's voice means you feel a tap in your heart. You feel a, a touch in your spirit. That's God speaking to you. God loves you enough. God wants to save you. God does not want you to go to hell, and hell wasn't created for you. Why would a loving God send people to hell? Listen, a loving God has never sent anyone to hell. People send themselves there because they blaspheme the Holy Spirit. Are y'all with me? Because you reject the work of Jesus Christ. Nobody knows. Give your life, give your heart to Jesus today. I was so blessed last week. More than 150 people came forward to give their life to Jesus Christ at Dorton Arena. I was so blessed. Wasn't that amazing? It was awesome. It was so, it was so great. And even little children. You know, we underestimate the power of God in the life of a little child, don't we? Little child goes down, well, 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 go ahead down, Johnny, it's okay. You don't know. I'll tell you what, you know, statistically, they say a person is more likely to get saved before the age of 14. After 14, it becomes increasingly harder. After 35, it becomes increasingly harder. After 55, the statistics are very low that an individual will give their life to Jesus Christ. 
The sooner, the better. Your heart is more pliable. Have you given your life to Jesus Christ? Listen, look at me and think about what I'm saying. Have you made a commitment to Jesus Christ? If you died today, would you spend heaven, eternity in heaven with God? Do you know that? Have you made a commitment to him? Are you following him? And I'm not just talking about following. I'm not talking about you talking about you being a Christian. I'm talking about you in your heart. You're living for him every single day. That's my job for challenge you to live for him every single day. I'm trying. Every day I'm trying just to be what God wants me to be and to do what God wants me to do. And so should you. God has great things in store for you. He says, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of good and not of evil to give you a future and to give you a hope. This is our great God. He wants to give you a future and he wants to give you a hope. God wants to do great things in your life, but you have got to ask him to come into your life, to come into your heart. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if any man hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in, he says, and I'll live with him, and I'll abide with him. And God will begin to work in you. And are you listening to me? God will begin to work in you. God will begin to change you. And you'll continue to walk with God, and someday you won't even look the same. And you won't walk the same. And you'll change your Facebook status. <laughs> I throw that in there. <laughs> You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light. Let me be a salt.